The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me, ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by a singer, songwriter, pianist, keyboardist, recording artist, accompanist, Mr. Dave McKay. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. That's quite a list you've given me there. <laughs> well, you do a lot of things. <laughs> I do do a lot of things. You're right. <laughs> so, what is your purpose for the art that you create? What is my purpose? I see all those things actually that you just listed. The various outlets of of creative things that I do. They're all just、um, ways for me to kind of express. Myself, so even if I'm accompanying someone or writing music for someone else, or if I'm doing, you know, if I'm working on original music, I, I'd like to think that my purpose with any of those things is is to be who I am, you know, on the piano or as a singer or as a writer, and just to express myself for the sake of expressing myself. You know, why not? <laughs>、hmm. I think most stories are best from the beginning. If you could tell us a、oh. little bit about. The part of the world that you're from,、mm-hmm. and your background. Yeah, I grew up in、uh, Leicestershire in England, which is in the Midlands, a couple of hours north of London. And you know, I I grew up opposite a field of sheep. You know, it, it's farmland out there in the countryside. And for my sixth birthday, my parents bought me piano lessons.、Um, they could tell I was I had all the musical toys, and I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't leave them alone. So they kind of figured that I'd do well with with some sort of、uh, instruction on the instrument. And they actually they bought a book that compares your child's personality to different instruments. And because of the way I was as a kid, I was very very happy entertaining myself. You know, just very content being solitary. The piano is the perfect instrument for that because it's even though it can function. In an orchestra or in a band or with other people, it doesn't have to. It's it's one of the few instruments that really stands on its own as a solo instrument. So they took me to piano lessons when I was six, and I, yeah, that's all I've really done since then. I, I I can't imagine ever not having started doing that. So I spent most of my life in Leicester. I didn't I didn't move around much、um, until I was eighteen, and then I moved over to the U.S. Um, I moved to Boston in 2009. Went to college at Berkeley, and then I moved to New York City after that for four years. And then I actually just moved to Los Angeles this year. So I've kind of I've been、uh, hopping around the U.S. in the last eight or nine years that I've lived here.、But、yeah, that's where it all began, I guess. Now you mentioned that you were, according to this test, specifically perfect for the piano because you kind of like to. Entertain yourself. Are you、yeah. still someone who kind of likes to work by himself sometimes? Yeah, you know, it's funny as you, as I got older, I specifically remember a moment. So, when I was twelve, I think twelve or thirteen, I started going to music college in London every Saturday. So the Royal College of Music, which is a it's a university through the week, but every Saturday. They have instruction for under 18s, so I would drive down. It's about 100 miles from Leicester,、uh, where I where I live. So I drive down every Saturday and have lessons down there. And it's a classical music college, 
and so I was studying to be a classical pianist, basically, you know, all the, all that, all the methods and the techniques that, that would set me up for life as a concert pianist if I chose to. And I specifically remember a conversation with my piano teacher where she said, you know, cause I always improvised, I always played jazz. I was always interested in music that wasn't classical music, even though I was at a classical college. And, and she knew that. And she said, you know, if you want to be a concert pianist, you can do it. You have, you have what it takes, but the, from where you are now to doing that professionally is, it's a very, it can be a very lonely existence because you really are practicing, you know, eight, 10 hours a day to get to the level of technique it requires. And then your life touring or recording is, it's just you, you know, just you and a piano. And I remember in that moment, I'm, I must have been 16, 17 at the time, just kind of deciding for myself that that's not what I wanted and that I wanted to make uh, music with other people and for that to be an integral part of my life. So it's, it's a constant back and forth these days of feeling like I want to, you know, underneath, I still, you know, I still am very introverted. I still like my space. So I'm still drawn to that, but then I want to be able to share music and create music with other people. So I'm, I'm constantly back and forth. And I don't think I was ever, even though as a kid, I was happy entertaining myself. Like I said, I don't think I was ever destined to be a solo performer in that way, you know, as, as a classical concert pianist. I don't think that was for me. Tell me about the decision that you made to move to the States. What made you feel hmm. that that was something you should do? Um, I think at the time, and it's a little different now, but at the time, if you wanted to study, so I'd done six years of, of this classical studying, you know, orchestras, piano trios, like classical piano trios. I'd done that, that world of things and, and still wanted to play jazz and, and, and pop music and rock music. And, you know, that was still what I listened to. And at the time in the UK, there weren't as many courses available at a high level to study those things. It's interesting how music education is different there, but you, if you want to do a serious course, you kind of wind up either doing a fully classical course or a fully jazz course. And there's not much that offers you know, really high level instruction and kind of a gateway into the real world of the modern music industry. I forget how I came across Berkeley, but I went and looked at it, you know, took a trip to Boston and, and I think I looked at Juilliard as well in New York and, and it just felt right. You know, I, I, I auditioned for a few colleges in the UK as well and then had this decision of, you know, do I want to move to another country? Do I want to, you know, I'm, I'm a homebody. I, I grew up in the same house my entire life, so it was a big move. But ultimately, I, I think I did it because I knew if I didn't, I'd always be wondering, you know, what if I'd, what if I'd taken that opportunity and tried it? So it was, it was very much... I made the move thinking I'll go and do it and then go back to the UK. And, you know, so many years later now, I'm, I kind of wonder where, you know, where I left that idea. Because life just happens, you know, I, I, I moved even further away coming out to California. But yeah, it was, it was almost on a whim, I guess, that I came out here. How would you compare the West Coast to the United States to the East Coast? That's a good question. It's early days yet because I've not I've not lived on the West Coast for that long. You know, I, I was on the East Coast for seven or eight years. 
the main thing I can compare New York and LA more easily. You know, that's because of my time living there. New York has a really interesting, I forget there's a quote, I forget who said it, but along the lines of, you know, the time spent in New York is, is a time where you feel like when you're sleeping, you're, you're wasting your time when you should be working instead of sleeping. <laughs> and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is, is, um, you know, I don't know, but I, but it's it's an enriching experience to, to go through that. And I definitely felt that when I was there. You know, I loved being in New York City. The the way people behave there, the, the directness of people really suits me. But it's a grind, you know, and and you kind of it's very easy to get in a funk there and, and, and just sort of be working away without knowing why you're working at what you're working at anymore. And LA is LA I feel is a much more social town. You know, people take more time to enjoy life as they're grinding away at whatever they are, at least in my experience so far. I do know out here, I know a lot of New Yorkers who moved out West. So maybe that's the, uh, the bubble I'm in is I'm, I'm around a lot of hardworking people who also are now, you know, taking time to enjoy what they're doing more than they did in New York. I want to ask you about your experiences as a vocalist. All the listeners oh. out there can visit your website. It's Dave. Dash McKay, Dave hyphen M A C K A Y, and they can listen there to mm-hmm. selections from your album Restart, which came out in 2016. Yeah, how did you learn to sing? It's the newest, the newest thing I've started doing. Really, um, I had when I was in school, I did have a few singing lessons. You know, I I, I learned a little bit of classical music, but it was never. You know, it wasn't. I wasn't studying it at the same level that I studied piano. So I guess I had some foundation in it. But then I remember getting to to Berkeley and thinking, I need to stick at what I'm stick with what I'm good at here because, you know, suddenly I'm surrounded by some really incredible singers. And it took, you know, the the three and a half years of college and then several years after to kind of get back to the feeling I had that was like, I I just want to sing. You know, it's it's a part of me that had been dormant for a while, but that I still wanted to pursue. So I think it was half, I think halfway through my time in New York, I just, you know, I, I realized this, I'm, I'm, I had put out um, these other EPs with a band of instrumental music. So the piano was the focus. And a lot of the music I was listening to wasn't instrumental music. It, you know, it all had singers. So I, I kind of just decided I need to explore this more. And I just, you know, I locked myself away in my apartment and I could play, I could accompany myself well on the piano. And I set up a mic and I recorded myself and listened back and, and tried to figure out how to improve what I was doing and just went kind of over and over that. And then at some point I, you know, I, I sought out a vocal coach who really, the vocal coach I see at the moment, he's actually still in New York, but he's kind of taken me many steps forward um, that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. But a lot of the initial stuff was just kind of, trying to learn my own instrument and figure out, you know, what I felt sounded good. Who would you say are the songwriters, the recording artists that have made the biggest influence on your own work? Um, Michael Jackson growing up was a huge influence for me. I don't know how that really translates into my own work. I just, I always think of him first as, as one of the, the first creatives who I just, you know, everything he did, I was just fascinated by it. You know, this is when I was much younger. 
I'd say directly related to my work, there's a Swedish piano trio, EST, which is Esbjorn Svensson. He died a few years back. But that, as a piano player, his his work was really stand out to me. And I still listen to that all the time. Keith Jarrett, his the, the more conceptually and, and what he did in terms of, you know, completely improvised concerts, um, that's the area of, of his work that I'm really drawn to. And similarly, Bobby McFerrin, you know, who I who I saw play several times in Boston and just kind of a life changing concert experience of being present, you know, because it's not nothing's prepared, it's all it's all improvised in the moment. He ha- he has this ability to kind of unite a room full of people in a present moment, which I guess you know, even though all these people I'm naming, they don't sound anything like my music, but those are the things that I'm drawn to that I'm trying to achieve with anything I make. And more, I think, more stylistically related, uh, Sting is a huge influence. Uh, Muse, uh, the rock band Muse, Cholo. I could go on. I listen to so much music. It's all kind of in, in, in there in a big nothing pot. I'm curious what you think of Bruce Hornsby. You know, <laughs> I a lot of people tell me that I sound like Bruce Hornsby, and I, I really haven't listened to much of his music to know. I obviously know the big hits, and I love his playing, but I don't know his solo work still. I really, now you've said that, I, I'm going to, that's enough people have told me that I need to kind of explore. <laughs> Still yeah. before my time. <laughs> a good place to start would be his album Halcyon Days. Sure. Okay. <laughs> do you, do you, I wonder why you, why you asked me what I think it do, does. My playing remind you of him? Or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I yeah. was listening to the album and I thought I thought I'm wondering if Bruce Hornsby was an influence at all on him. Yeah. No. I mean. I'm sure subconsciously I've probably heard his playing in more places than I know, you know, and it's, it, and it's there. But yeah, I'll, I'll have a listen for sure. So on this album of yours, I have stopped asking singers, songwriters, recording artists about a favorite song. You'll never, mm-hmm. you'll never get an answer to that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I would ask you on this album of yours, Restart, if you could pick mm-hmm. one song as a representative of the album, which one would it be mm. and why? That's a tricky question. I would say the track Soldier, which is about halfway through the record. The record for me is, it's a transitional thing, right? It, the, the idea of it was when I decided, okay, I, I want to sing, I want to write songs. This record was my my deadline for myself of like, well, how am I going to do that? I need to have a, a concrete goal that makes me follow through with it beyond, you know, the realms of my own, my own head or my own, you know, being in my own apartment singing, you know, is I needed something that would give me a reason. Cause I think that's the only way you can really learn creative skills is, you know, it's, it's no use rehearsing for hours and hours in a practice room if you never actually get on stage because everything's different when, when you're putting what you do in front of people. And the same is true, I think, with recorded work. A song feels completely different when you you play it to someone. You know, if you, you sit all day listening to it yourself and then you get someone in the room and, and do the exact same thing, it feels completely different because it's suddenly out of your own 
um, out of your own head. So the album for me was the idea of restarting was, you know, I'd already kind of been, been releasing music as an instrumental artist and had set this path myself. And it felt like a restart to say, okay, well now I'm, now I'm going to be a singer. So soldier was the first, the first track that I think the first track I wrote for the record and kind of just encompasses for me, all those feelings of, you know, it's a song about self-worth, self-belief, believing you can overcome a challenge for yourself, you know, broadly speaking. So even though um, there's a lot going on stylistically on, in different tracks, I think that's the one that thematically would represent what the album means to me. I was hoping that you would say soldier. <laughs> yeah? Okay, yeah. Good. I thought it was a very interesting song. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. As we mentioned at the top of the interview, one of the things you do is is play, of course, with other artists. And yeah. it's a pretty diverse list of people that you played with. It sure is. <laughs> Tell us about some of them. Let's see. Um, well, at the moment, I'm, I tour with Art Garfunkel. Um, I've worked with him for the last couple of years. And that's one of the few jobs where I, I actually get a grand piano on the stage and I, you know, I really get to play my instrument. There's no, his, I don't know if you've seen his show or if you know, you know the tour he's doing at the moment, but it's an acoustic show. There's, there's art, there's a guitar player, Tab Laban, and then there's me on, on piano and keyboards and that's it. There's nothing to hide behind. So, which is a beautiful experience musically, you know, you really, you have to be present, you have to be, committed to what you're playing other artists i've worked with it's it's very different you know i toured with grace weber who's a up-and-coming soul singer uh, i toured with her while i was living in new york for a couple of years and that was very different you know it's there's a full band i was playing electric piano organ and Rhodes mainly on, on her music and then some of the other artists i work with has just been you know a one-off tv performance where they've been in new york and and you know i'm, I'm kind of drafted in to, to just do a couple of performances but i love i love so much different so many different styles of music so none of them feel there's not like one is better than the other it's they're just all kind of different avenues although i will say i love having a grand piano in front of me it's uh it's a treat every show if you could pick an artist that you have not worked with at least not yet that you think mm -hmm. you would most be able to create something meaningful with, who would it be? Hmm. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can selfishly answer the question by saying who I'd love to work with, which is Sting. In terms of creating something meaningful, I think that's uh, it's a like question has to be mutually agreed on by both parties, right? So yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way. He doesn't know me, but yeah, I would. That's he's one person who I who I just love to create with. Although I don't know if he's looking for a keyboard player. If you know him, let him know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, how did you meet Mr. Art Garfunkel? I so I started working with Art two years ago. I was called in to cover some dates in the UK. Um, so my first shows with him was uh, Hampton Court Palace in London. We played the Bath Pavilion. And then we, we were headlining the acoustic stage at uh, the Glastonbury Festival. 
which for me, obviously, growing up in the UK, that's that's one of the, the big bucket list gigs to play is Glastonbury. And it was, I think, Art's current keyboard player can do those shows, and he and he called his friend um, Kim Bullard, who plays for Elton John. And Kim's a friend of a friend, so I just kind of I got a phone call one day that said, you know, do you want to fill in these shows? And you know, I agreed. And, and an hour later, Art's on the phone with me, and he, and he, you know, he didn't ask too many questions. He just sort of said, I played you great. Do you want to come and play these shows? And a few weeks later, he was he came over to my apartment in New York, and we rehearsed, and that was it. Now here we are. Two years later, a <laughs> hundred shows later, have many we've done. What do you find his personality to be like? He's a very sweet, caring human who's very... What I love about art is that he's intent on giving his audience a good show. You know, he's really committed to perfecting and the show hasn't changed much since I've been working with him. You know, it's it's mostly the same same set of music, but we still we still dive in and, and find imperfections and try and try and give a better show. You know, which I think is. So I guess to answer your question more specifically, his personality is one of um, he's a perfectionist, which is which is great. I think. Do you like the experience of traveling? As a musician, as- I love traveling. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's a side of it which uh, which is a drag. You know, when you when your flight's cancelled or delayed, or you know you're stuck in traffic driving to a gig, and or you know you spend a lot of time in an airport, a lot of time in a hotel room. But so far, I really love it. It's um, it's an interesting thing to always be on the road. You kind of I've recently realised that. There's, it's it's very easy to kind of put off certain things in your life and say, well, I'll I'll do this when I get back home. I'll you know I'll I'll start eating better when I get here. I'll start doing the, this exercise I want to do when I get here. You know, and, and it's very easy to constantly be putting it off because you're always going to a new place. So I'm really trying to live the full life I want to live anywhere I am. You know, whether I'm in a plane going somewhere or whether I'm home in in California or you know with family back in England. So there's a challenge to it, of course, but I love it. I love seeing the world and, and being in a different place every other week. It's, it's so fun. Do you find yourself being homesick? Not really. I, when I first moved to Boston, I really, I really was my whole family. You know, I have brother and sister who both have kids, you know, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, they all live all in Leicester, you know, very close to one another. And then I'm the only one in the family who's all the way out here. So when I first moved away, I, I, you know, I did struggle with that, but I think I'm, I'm so used to it now. Just especially living in cities like New York and LA where everyone, you know, is traveling and coming in and out of the city and, and touring. So it all feels just like this, this strange transitory journey that I'm on. And I, you know, I get to go home. I'm back in LA enough to to feel home here, and I get to go home to England enough times a year to feel, you know, connected. And obviously, you know, things like FaceTime and Skype really help. You know, I, I can't imagine what this experience would be like without the kind of technology we have to keep in touch, you know, around the world. It makes a big difference. What do you hope to accomplish 
or you aspire? What's the dream for the future with Dave McKay? I would love to. And for me, you know, because I I enjoy making my own music and I enjoy working with other with other artists. I think what I aspire to do is to find a true balance of the two, where I'm consistently reaching my own audience with with my expression and you know being a part of another artist's expression because anytime i do one and not the other i feel like something's missing so i feel i'll always be be doing both and you know more to answer that more around my own work i think i i would like to i don't know just leave a leave a unique body of work that represents who I am, you know, which is this kind of mix of, you know, I have all these different interests in different styles of music and I come at the piano from an, from a unique place. I think most, most people who study the kind of work that I did on the piano wouldn't wind up playing rock shows, but I love that, that that's, that's kind of where I find up because it reflects what I'm interested in. So I think just to kind of, hone in on 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 those things and and be more of them you know so what is the best thing about being dave mckay <laughs> um <laughs> that's a good question i feel very fortunate you know i've 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 been on a crazy adventure so and i'm young you know i'm only in my late 20s so i i feel i've seen a lot of the world i've, I've shared a lot of music with a lot of people I've met a lot of great people and I've made friends in, in all these different corners, you know, in all these different countries and all these different cities. So I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm a happy human. I think <laughs> all these things are, are the best thing about being me. I don't know. <laughs> Anyone out there, they can visit the website. Again, it's dave-mckay.com and Thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Now, for us to close, I want to mm -hmm. more or less give you the microphone. Incredibly open-ended. Whatever you'd like to say to our audience. Oh, wow. Um, well, if you are inclined to uh, go to my website and listen to my music, thank you. I appreciate you uh, listening to what I do. I'll be on tour for the, most of the rest of this year with, uh, with Art Garfunkel. So, you know, check out his tour dates. And, and if you uh, are inclined to come see the show, it'd be great to see you. And there'll be more. You know, I'll be putting out some original music, um, some new songs later this year. Best way to find them is on you know, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, and on my website. I have a mailing list on my website as well if anyone wants to keep in touch with what I'm up to. And yeah, see you out there in the big wide world. <laughs> All right. Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to explore your work and what you do. Well, thank you. And likewise, it was great to chat. All right. Till next time. Yeah, thanks. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment. For information, visit thepaulleslie.com. Thank you for being with us. Until next time.